Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me, a righteous God and a saviour. There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I especially like that last verse there. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. My faith is very much based on this truth that there is only one true God and no other God, and he is the righteous God. I hear about people following gods who condone the rape of women and children. I hear about people who uh, give offerings to idols hoping that the demons will not hurt them any longer, but you can't placate a demon. You can't reason with a demon. But we're not dealing with demons. We're not dealing with wooden idols. We're dealing with the one true God. Jesus Christ said in John 17 verse 3, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, his Son. And I believe in that. John 3 is very plain in that. And my fellowship is with God. My faith is in God. My faith is not in faith. It's not my confidence and ability to believe that I call faith. No, faith to me is responding to God's promises and word and character. God is reliable. God is faithful. And twice in the Bible it says, My righteous one shall live by faith. It says, If he shrink back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. God wants to see you continue in faith and be strong in faith. And best of all, he gives you faith as a free gift. He gives you the ability to believe. The Hebrew idea of faith has to do with faithfulness. The word used in the Old Testament, emunor, from which we get the word amen, means to be reliable, to be constant, to be dependable. if you have a house with electricity that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, or we just saw with the internet it sometimes is good and is sometimes no good, you don't have that with God. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is a wonderful thing, that God is dependable. And not only is God dependable, he makes us dependable. And so when it says, my righteous one shall live by faith, the context is God is describing trouble that will come and says, but nevertheless, my righteous ones will live by faith. In other words, they will stay faithful. When the chips are down and the storm is on and the troubles are around you, you find out who is faithful and who is not. Jesus said, the hireling runs away when the wolf comes. That's because he's not faithful. 
but faithful people, dependable people. Even in the book of Proverbs, there is a most amazing verse. It says, the most desired quality in a man is his loyalty. The Hebrew word there is chesed, a covenant keeper. The most desired quality. It's not mountain-moving faith. It's not beauty. It's not gifting. It's loyalty. God loves loyalty, and he is a loyal God. That changes everything. Because we're not dealing with something unstable. In the book of Isaiah, it says, Thy God shall be the stability of thy times. We're in a chaotic period of change. We're in a situation where the unpredictable is all around us, but there is something reliable, and that is God. And you can trust him. When Jesus talked to his disciples... He told them what the Holy Spirit will do. And it's quite amazing. It's in John 14 and it's in John 16. But one of the things he said in John 16, he said, the Holy Spirit will take the things of mine and reveal them to you. And he will speak of things to come. And when you have faith for something that you desire, often it just grows up like some little tiny little twig of a plant, wouldn't it be good if such and such a thing happened? Wouldn't it be nice if it turned out this way? But what you don't know, it may be the Holy Spirit put that hope in your heart because he knows that it is assigned for you and waiting for you. One of the verses I have often been helped by during hard times Uh, again, twice in Scripture, is he makes my feet like hinds feet so that I may stand upon my high places. I don't want your high places, I want mine. But God has assigned them, and from time to time I find myself coming into them. Many years ago I heard a speaker, Floyd McClung, who was one of the leaders of Youth with a Mission, I thought how wonderful it would be to work alongside of him. He invited me to join him. And I did join him. And I lived in Amsterdam working with youth with a mission. I thank God for it. But it started with a little hope in my heart that might never have happened except it came from heaven. I hoped for the house that I'll talk to you about tonight. I prayed for it. I begged God for it. When I took communion, I would say, Lord, I'm eating the house. I'm drinking the house. I know that the body and the blood of Jesus Christ has to do with other things, that we're all one loaf and eating the bread together. We're speaking of our unity as Christians everywhere and that when we're drinking the symbol of the blood, we're pointing out that we've been made righteous by the blood, by the cross. It's wonderful. But I took faith steps of devouring what I hoped God would do. There was a false start. What happened was uh, some churches got together. They were brethren. They were Baptist. They were apostolic. They were Presbyterian. uh, They were assemblies of God. And they said, we're going to buy a house for you. We're going to collect 
Because we know you've travelled all these years, we're going to provide a house. I said to them, look, all my needs are a whisper in a rich man's ear away, and God doesn't need a bottle drive, and I don't agree with begging. I don't agree with coveting. They said, could you give us a list of all the churches where you've preached, and we'll pass the hat around? I said, no, that's not God's way for me. I don't believe that. I'd rather never have a house if it comes that way. Well, some many years later, a young man rang me up who I'd known since he was young to say, the Lord put it in my heart to buy a home for you. And wherever you'd like to live, you just choose. We don't care where in the world it is, we'll pay. Well, it didn't work out that way. We tried four or five different places and they all fell flat. They all failed. So during that time, I had the promise from the man who had the money, but he's a human being. And the Bible says, don't put your trust in man or in flesh. Uh, Many people promise you many things that they can't do. It isn't always they're disloyal. It's often that they just simply can't do what they'd like to do. But then he rang me back and said, I've bought a house for you. It's in Christchurch. One of the stunning things when I walked into the house was to see chandeliers I would have put there, to see a garden that looked as I would have planted a garden. I had thought ahead and thought I would like some old trees because I'm too old to watch them grow. (laughs) I want them already established. Thing after thing in the house was as I would have had it because the Lord knows my taste. When I was a little boy, my father had a book by J. Edwin Orr. He was a brethren evangelist, open brethren evangelist. And somebody gave him a suit and they said, God told us to give you this suit. And he said, I hope it's your size. He said, well, it is if God told you to do it because he knows my size. Now, I wasn't a Christian. It was years later I became a Christian, but I never forgot the lesson that God can provide. Another time I saw God provide, and before I was a Christian, I was lost. I was selfish, I was self-centered. I did many foolish and criminal things. And one of the criminal things we did, I was living in a commune in a house where we had a wrecking party because we were unhappy with the landlord. We took out in a walls with a chainsaw. We um, stole copper piping from under the house. We did many things, and the shell of the house remained, but we had caused great wreckage there. Very little conscience. We had signed a joint and several um, agreement, which means that if they catch one of the boys... They can put the whole bill on him. I was the boy they caught. (laughs) The other boys were gone. The amount was thousands. A Catholic priest loaned me the money and said, pay it back when you can. But when he discovered that I'd become a Pentecostal, he wanted the money back much faster. He said, I don't care who you con, I want my money. (laughs) But he was a good man. He just didn't know the goodness of God. I mean, we learn it 
You see, we cope with the world as we think it is. And the wonderful thing about faith is that the Holy Spirit reveals to you what you have. And so 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, We have received not that spirit which is from the world, but that spirit which is from God that we might know the things freely given unto us. The Holy Spirit tells you what he'd like to do. And he shows you what Jesus has aside for you. And I had heard the name Jehovah Yireh or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is a provider. And so I, I knew that Jesus had said, I will reveal my Father's name. I want to know God as the provider. So I asked God, I said, Lord, I, I'll take a job at, at night as a cleaner and I'll take a day job and I'll do everything I can to pay the money back because I'm so sorry for what I did. Could you help and I was speaking at a university when a young man who was in the crowd came forward and said, the Lord told me to give you this. It was an envelope with the exact amount of money that I owed. And he gave it. And written on the back of the envelope was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. There have been times when I've claimed amounts from the Lord and not got them. But there have been other times when the Lord has done the most amazing things because God is a God of miracles. The Bible says, who only doeth wondrous things. And that's quite amazing. I was at an airport one time where I had absolutely no money for the ticket. I'd gone there by faith. The Holy Spirit had showed me he wanted me to go somewhere. So I went to the airport. I didn't have the money. I had a few dollars in my pocket, but that was all. But the Lord spoke to me very strongly at the airport and said, put your hand in your pocket and bring the money out. So I did. There was a hole in the pocket, in the lining, and I reached down deep until I could feel all the seams and drew all the money out, and I was far short of the price of the ticket. He said, put your hand in again. I put my hand in again. There was more money. I took it all out. I'm careful with money, so I know there was no more there. He said, put your hand in again. I kept going until I had the whole amount for the ticket. I went to the desk, and they said, the flight is full. I said, no, there is a seat available for me. Could you double-check? They double-checked and found the seat, and I was able to fly. Now, I've tried to do it again, and it has never worked. <laughs> But I know I'm not lying and I'm not making up a story. God is a marvellous provider. Now, God is no respecter of persons. I do not have a hotline to God that you don't have. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 12, there is no difference between the Jew or the Greek. The same Lord is Lord, rich unto all who call upon him. I learned I can be a caller. I can call. I was reading Wesley's diary. He was talking about a lady who had been involved in witchcraft who came to him for deliverance. And he told her to go away and pray. She was annoyed because she wanted the great man of God to pray for her. 
but he wanted her to pray for herself because he knew Joel 2, verse 32. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. By making her pray for herself, she saw she could get deliverance without needing a priest or a mediator or a great guru or man of God because God is listening to your prayers. Dwight L. Moody said when somebody asked him to pray, he would pray with them on condition that they would also pray for themselves. He would say, now I'll pray, you follow my words, and now I want you to pray and ask God for the same thing. This way they didn't need Dwight L. Moody next time they needed an answer from God. See, it's very important that you should learn how to receive from God. Some people think they're in unbelief when they are not. So I just want to explain you briefly in the time that's left the difference between faith and a lack of faith. First of all, the Hebrew word for faith, emunor, is that same word for loyalty. So that's an interesting thing. Jesus twice uh, used another word, chesed, covenant love, faithfulness, loving kindness, which has to do with loyalty again. He was quoting Hosea 6 verse 6. He does it in Matthew 9. He does it in Matthew 12. He says to the Pharisees, go and learn what it means. I want loyalty rather than sacrifice. I want faithfulness. Faith and faithfulness cannot be divorced from each other in the Hebrew understanding. They are the same thing. That is that God is trustworthy and reliable and dependable and the believer must drink from the same fountain and become the same thing, reliable, stable, keep to their commitments. In Greek, there is another word, pistio or pistis or pista, various forms of the word that have to do, it came originally from the law courts, that somebody gives a testimony which is credible and reliable. And you hear the testimony and you say, the character of this person is so good that their witness can be trusted. This is what Jesus told the Apostle Paul when he stopped him on the road and said, you're going to be a minister and a witness. In other words, I'm going to show some things to you and you must tell them. Jesus himself is called the true and faithful witness. He's also called the Amen of God. This means he's reliable, he's faithful, he's trustworthy. Ephesians 2 says the most incredible thing. It says the faith that you have is not from yourself. It is the gift of God so that nobody can boast. Now here's an amazing thing. God gives testimony and at the same time as he gives testimony, the Holy Spirit speaks in your heart saying he's right, you know. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Billy Graham used the expression, that other voice. He said, when you hear a person of God speaking, you not only hear them, you hear that other voice. You have the amen in your spirit. Now, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing in the word of God. It says, as many as may be the promises of God, in him they are yes and amen. Let it definitely be so, so that we say amen to the glory of God through us. 
When you say yes to the promises of God and begin to live by them, when they come true, you can bring God glory because you can testify to what God has done. Sometimes I've been in a post office or talking to a stranger in the street. I tell them about answered prayer because they need to know God is trustworthy. God is not Santa Claus. He's not my servant. I can't tell him what to do. But I am allowed to ask and I am allowed to be a big asker and so can you. God spoke to his people and said, um, you have not because you ask not. So I'm a big asker. I ask for all sorts of things. But I also accept that I might not get them and I might not be right. I'm allowed to ask because it's not an exam. I can't fail. God will not scold me. He will just be kind. So it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be a human. God is not surprised. But he does say, if he shrink back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. So what I don't do is I don't insult God saying, no, it's not true. Remember that Abraham and Sarah both laughed when God told them to trust in the seemingly impossible. They were not punished. Thomas was treated far more kindly than the Christians treat him. He was never called Doubting Thomas. Instead, he heard the witness of the other disciples and partially believed but said, I want a confirmation. I want to be able to put my hand in his side. And Jesus didn't say, well, off to the deepest dungeons of hell because you doubted. Instead, he said, put forth your hand and see, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. The resurrected Jesus was kind to the doubter, not angry. And you will many times go, could it really be something as wonderful as this? That's why the gospel is called the gospel. It means the good news. So to sum up where we have gone. God puts a hope in your heart because the Holy Spirit knows that it is the future for you. The thing you thought was your imagination is not necessarily your, your imagination. It may be a message from heaven. Even better, when you find a Warrington scripture where you find a scripture that says you can have that thing. Better still, the Holy Spirit himself is the teacher who tells you what you have and what God would like to give to you. And better still, sometimes you approach faith simply by saying, wouldn't it be good if? And then God paints the picture for you and plants the hope in your heart. Tonight I'll talk more on it and flesh it out a bit more. God bless you. Thank you, Marcus. Brilliant. I've always found, you know, when I hear someone speak who is hearing from God that there's more than just the witness of the amen, but there's an impartation of something. And uh, Marcus, thank you for bringing some of your life with God to us. It's more than just, uh, well, this could happen. It's, uh, God, you're going to help us. And we thank God for that in Jesus' name.
Can I just take one minute with you before we do anything else this morning? And that's to speak to you about your own soul. The Bible says that you all, all of us are made in the image of God. And if I'm made in the image of God, it's so that I can relate to God. That's why God made us like we are. And how sad it is that millions of people right around the world right now have no idea that there's a God who not only wants to save them, but wants to walk with them. I think it's tragic that for many people, Christianity is about heaven or hell and about securing a ticket to the desirable place and avoiding the other one. But it's far, far more than that. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And it's about a here and now walking with God, not a waiting space until you depart earth. And uh, I know that for many of us here, if not all of us, we know what it's like, at least in part, to walk that kind of a walk with God. In other words, it's not just about religion or a religious observance. It's not about praying prayers or about certain religious acts. It's about a fellowship with God. It's about a walking with God. And I don't know how to explain that any more than to say it is the greatest reality that you will ever encounter. It's that you can know God for yourself. And I know that uh, for many of us here, our greatest joy would be the privilege of introducing you to Jesus. Many years ago, we started what we call Yes Text because we do know that every journey begins with an introduction. Every relationship starts with somebody meeting someone. You know, the meeting is not the final part of it. It's not all of it. It's the beginning of it. And so for you meeting Jesus today, saying yes to Jesus and asking Him to walk with you won't be the entire thing, but it will be the beginning of it. And I'd love to pray with you wherever you are. You might be in the building here in front of me, down below or up in the balcony. You might be online right now, or maybe you're going to be online later because so many people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people will be a part of this later. I got one yes text or it came into the, our, our team just this week from someone who just said this. They said, I apologise for my broken English. Only they didn't even say it as clearly as that. I'm sorry for my broken English, but I feel like every day these things you're sending me is God speaking to me. And I think what a privilege it is that we get to be a part of that journey for people. I'd love to pray with you wherever you are. If you want to say yes to Jesus, in a minute I'll tell you how to do it. It's that simple. But why don't you, in prayer with me right now, turn your heart to God and just say, God, I'm going to say yes to you. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, You want to meet us and You want to walk with us. You want us to come to know You. Thank You for the invitation. Thank You for Your amazing love that wants us, even though we're broken in so many ways and we have sinned as Marcus spoke about. We've done so much we shouldn't have done and have left out the things we should have done. And yet there's no barrier to you saying, I want to be with you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to change you. I'll put a new heart within you. Things will be different from this moment. Father, I thank you for each person that right now is saying yes in their heart to you. I thank you for each person that's going to give you their yes today. Father, help them. We pray for them that they'll walk with you for the rest of their life. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed there in your heart and said yes to Christ, why not send us your yes? Uh, all you've got to do is if you're in Australia, text yes to 0488 826392. If you're outside of Australia or you want our help via email rather than a text, because it does come fits on one screen of a smartphone, by the way. It's a Bible verse and a prayer. It's different every day. But like that person said, I don't know where they are. Have no idea. Don't know their background or anything else. And we're not trying to find that out because we're not there for pressure. We're just there to encourage and to say, let's help you walk with God. So they're getting this Bible verse and this prayer every single day. And as they get that, it's speaking to them because we prayed over it. We're praying over them and their yes text. And so I know that if you'll send that to 488 or to yes.metrochurch.org.au, either way, we'll send that back to you and it'll be our joy and our privilege to be a part of your ongoing journey with Christ. Amen.